I'm Rachel Hernandez, real estate investor turned mobile home investor and best-selling author. I make a living investing in mobile homes for cash flow for long-term passive income. After many mistakes and lessons learned, I've been able to create the kind of life where I can do the types of things I want to do, not have to do. I created the Adventures in Mobile Homes podcast to share with you what I've learned so you can spend more time with family, friends, and do things you love. Mobile home investing can help you get there. If you want to hear real stories with practical and actionable advice you can use from someone who's been in the trenches and who's still investing today to create the type of life you love, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Well, hey there, and welcome to the Adventures in Mobile Homes podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Hernandez, a.k.a. Mobile Home Girl of AdventuresinMobileHomes.com. Thank you so much for joining me here on the 28th episode of the podcast. Now, just in case you missed it, be sure to tune in to the last episode where I talk about how to screen buyers or renters for your mobile home investing business. This is the first episode for this series. You can find it along with the show notes at www.adventuresinmobilehomes.com slash 27. And that is the number 27. Okay, so let's get started. So last week, I talked about the process of screening buyers or renters when the calls start coming in for your mobile home investing business. Again, you want to be sure to take the time to listen to these people when they call. Listen to their questions and what they say. And be sure to write everything down, including the date they called, their name, phone number, and your notes while talking to them on the phone. This is important information to know as we can't remember everything. Also, you want to find out how they found out about the home so that you know what's working and not working when it comes to marketing. And if they haven't seen the home from the outside, then you'll want to have them drive by and give you a call with any questions while they're standing outside the home. As a side note, if you need help gathering all of this information, I just released a new book where you can record and keep all of this information in one place for the leads that you get when the calls start coming in. I'll link it up here in the show notes if you'd like to check it out. Getting back to it, if all goes well 
over the phone and they're still interested in the home, then that's when you invite them to the open house, which, as I mentioned, I hold once a week, usually on a Sunday afternoon. But today, I want to talk about the second part of the series. Let's talk about the open house and how to exactly screen people while they're there and you're talking to them. How do you handle questions when showing the home? What are the things you need to look out for as signs for good prospects versus not so good prospects? And what is the application process like? How exactly do you take applications from multiple families? As you can see, there's a lot to cover. So we're going to go ahead and dive in. But before we move on, let's hear a word from our sponsor. Hey there, Rachel here. Do you need help with your mobile home investing business? Do you have questions that you need answers to? Maybe you have a potential deal in the works and you need a second opinion from an expert. Perhaps you just need someone to help guide you and get started. But you don't want to spend thousands of dollars doing it. Well, look no further. If you need help, with your mobile home investing business or plans to be a mobile home investor, I do offer mentoring to those who need it. Get the help you need and your questions answered from me, an expert who has the experience and invests in mobile homes day in and day out. If you'd like to learn more, go to www.adventuresinmobilehomes.com slash need help. Again, www.adventuresinmobilehomes.com slash need help. Get started today and I'll talk to you soon. Now, back to the show. Okay, first things first. So, you've got a list of people interested in attending your open house. Again, usually I hold these on a Sunday afternoon. So, now what? What exactly do you do at the open house? And how do you screen potential buyers or renters while there. How can you tell the good prospects versus the not-so-good prospects? And what is the application process like? Well, let's talk about the open house. When people come in, one thing to make note of 
are those that come early or come on time. These are going to be some of your most serious buyers or renters. Why? Well, the fact that they came early or on time shows their interest to see the home before everyone else. And I will tell you, the people I choose to work with usually are there earlier to see the homes that I have on the market or on time. Never later. Take note of these people while you're there. Now, when they come in, you want to have the door closed before everyone else comes in. See if they take the time to knock or just try to turn the knob to come in. I know, you're probably chuckling right now, but this is another indication of whether someone is a good prospect or not. Those that respect you and have manners will take the time to knock even if you have the door open. One added measure I do take is to have everyone remove their shoes before coming into the home. The last thing I want is a bunch of dirt and marks on the floor, especially if I just installed new flooring, which I usually do nowadays. As a side note, I also remove my own shoes to show them that it's not only people going through the home who should do this, but everyone in the home, including myself. Most of the people who attend the open houses don't usually have a problem with this. Those who choose not to remove their shoes, they usually stay outside on the porch while the rest of the family members who do remove their shoes go into the home and view the home on the inside. Now, once people are inside the home, you want to have them sign in. Here, they will write down their name and phone number at a minimum. You probably want to ask them how they heard about the home and do some chit-chat. Usually, I stay in the kitchen area as this tends to be in the middle of the home as far as mobile homes are concerned. Also, it helps me to keep an eye on things in the front, including the front entrance, to see who is coming in and out of the home. As a side note, I don't allow people to open the back door. Yes, there's a back porch out there, but I really don't want to have the liability 
if someone steps out and accidentally falls or trips while on the porch. Honestly, it happens. And I don't want to take that chance. So I have a sign to keep the back door closed. And usually people do. Regarding the sign-in sheet for the open house, if you need one, I do have an open house registry book where you can collect this information for your open houses. I'll link it up here in the show notes if you'd like to check it out. Getting back to it, after people sign in, then let them walk around. Tell them that you're there to answer any questions that they may have. To make things easier, I direct them to a frequently asked question sheet on the refrigerator. This makes things so much easier and more streamlined so that you're not standing there answering the same questions to everyone over and over again. So what kinds of questions do I have on the fact sheet? Well, it's pretty standard. Anything people would ask about who were interested in the home. Things like the year of the home, how many bedrooms and bathrooms, the price of the home, or monthly rent, if renting, if pets are allowed, etc. In addition, I put the phone number of the park office just in case if they have any questions about the community itself. Some people ask me about possibly repainting the outside of the home or the porch, or they may want to know where the dividing line is between their neighbors. These are all questions to ask the park manager. As a side note, since most of the parks that I work in are high-end parks, usually fences are not allowed. This is to make the park look uniform, as not everyone will put up the same type of fence, if it is allowed. I found higher-end parks prefer to just do away with the fences and not allow them to avoid this issue. Now, just in case you missed it, be sure to tune in to episode 7 of this podcast where I talk about the different types of mobile home parks and how to spot the differences between them. Getting back to it, while people are going through the home, you want to make sure the front door is open. If you have a storm door or a screen door. Now, this is the type of door where you can leave the exterior door open, but there is an additional door to open, such as a screen door or storm door, to go outside. This way, the exterior door is open, 
And you can look out of the screen door or the storm door to see if anyone comes in. As more people come in, just repeat the same process. Most people will come in and greet you and see what they need to do first. Again, have them sign in. Direct them to the frequently asked question sheet on the refrigerator and tell them they can walk around and you'll be available to answer any questions that they have about the home. Now, once people are done going through the home, they'll do one of two things. Either they'll say that they're interested in the home and ask about the application process, or they'll thank you for your time and tell you that they'll just think about it. Or they may ask if you have anything else on the market. Again, these are looky-loos. At this point, they don't really know what they want. So you don't want to spend that much time with them, which is why I choose to have the open house so people who call in and say they're interested can see the home all at once. As for the looky-loos, just be polite and thank them for coming. If you have anything else on the market, you can always tell them that you'll let them know about any open houses that you have coming up. Since they've already signed in when they came through the door, you already have their name and phone number at the very least. And that's it. As for everyone else, those who say they're interested and want to move forward with the application process, then you want to give them an application. For me, I use a standard application. Any buyer or renter application should do. As long as you ask the basic questions on any type of application. If you've applied for a home or for a place to rent in the past, then you'll know what I'm talking about. Regarding the application, I don't take an application fee. One of the reasons is that I don't check credit personally for the mobile homes that I buy and either sell or rent to that are in parks. To be honest, it's kind of a sticky situation when you do check credit, as if prospective buyers or renters don't pass your application, then you'll have to tell them in writing why they didn't pass, if it's due to the finances presented. Companies, including the parks, are supposed to do this, but you know how it is. 
Not everyone does this practice. For me, I prefer to just have them go through my application process first. I'll screen them personally and confirm all of the information on the application. After I confirm everything, or not confirm everything, if there were items not filled out or left blank, then I either pass it on to the park and have the applicant apply to the park for the lot, which is a separate application, usually with an application fee. But basically, the same process of confirming the information on the application. Or, if they did not pass my application process, I just tell them they didn't pass. Okay, let me just stop right there. Regarding the application process, I usually have them fax over the application. Yes, I have a fax number, and it's on all the time. Whether you have a dedicated physical fax line or use an online service for your faxes, as I do, this is what I have set up, and it works. I know, we're in 2021 right now, and who uses fax, right? Well, it's still used widely in real estate, especially when it comes to contracts, and also in the legal field. So it still exists today. But you may be asking, why don't I just have them email me the application? Don't I have an email address for the business? Wouldn't it make things easier? Well, that's a good question. And let me tell you why. I don't use emails for applications when dealing with prospective buyers or renters. Yes, I've had a lot of people ask me if they can just email me the application. And yes, it does sound easier in theory. But here's why I don't use email when it comes to taking these applications. Once people have my email address, then they can start sending me emails asking all kinds of questions or if they're not approved, asking why they weren't approved. And honestly, I'd rather not have all of this dialogue in writing, but that's just me. Personally, I'd rather do things verbally when it comes to working with potential buyers and or renters. With email, it's so easy to have a conversation go back and forth. Everything gets recorded in the email, which is why I'm careful with who I give my email address to and what I use it for. Now, I do use email in my mobile home investing business. 
And I have several email addresses set up for different purposes. Now, I won't get into that today, but I may do an episode on it down the road. So stay tuned. Getting back to it, before they take an application, many people will ask if there's anyone else applying. Now, depending on if this is your first open house or not for this home, it will depend. This is a normal question as they are trying to measure their chances of getting the home if they're serious. Now, usually I just tell them some have taken an application, if not my first open house, or This is the first open house, and people can take them today. And I just say, no one's been approved for the home yet. Then they'll ask, well, what is the application process? What is checked? And if there's a fee to apply? Usually, I just tell them it's just like applying for an apartment. And they'll check landlord, job, and criminal. Again, as mentioned in previous episodes, I don't take on the role of the owner. I tell people that I'm the property manager, as I am, when I'm dealing with buyers or renters. In my experience... I find more people will say things to a third party versus the owner, which will help you to get information as a real estate investor. It's just my experience and comfort level to act as a property manager, but you're welcome to handle your business any way you want. Now, after I answer this question, usually... They'll take the application and tell me they'll turn it in. Or they may have more questions and tell me additional information, such as they've been evicted, gone through a past foreclosure, or they're planning to have someone co-sign for them, which may be their parents, a friend, or a family member. In cases like this, I tell them that they, again, meaning property management, do not accept co-signers. If they cannot afford the home, then they will not be approved. The same thing goes for if they've had an eviction, bankruptcy, and or foreclosure. Usually, a story will come out. I take note of it, and I tell them to put all of this information on the application as it will help if they're honest and upfront. At this point, they usually either take the application and say that they have to think about it or say that they'll turn it in. Those not interested will thank me for my time 
and leave. Now, this is a good thing as you only want to be working with serious buyers and or renters. Again, it's not about quantity. It's about quality. As a side note, regarding an application fee, personally, I don't take one. Since the park will be doing an additional background check after mine, including checking their credit, which this is what covers the park's application fee, I just say there's no application fee to apply for the home. I tell them that they will check landlord, job, and criminal. And if they pass, then I'll let them know and pass them over to the park to fill out the park's application, which usually requires a fee, and go through their application process. I tell them that they must pass both applications, one for the home and the parks for the lot, in order to get the home. Now, sometimes they will ask if they will check and confirm the information twice on the application. And I say yes. Honestly, I don't want to get in the business of taking application fees if I don't have to. Plus, when you do take an application fee, many times if the person doesn't pass because of financial issues, then you'll have to issue a statement in writing why they didn't pass. Honestly, this is just more administrative work, and I'd rather not do that. Now, after people take the application, just tell them to fax it in with all of the additional supporting information and documentation needed. Usually, I have a standard application where they provide basic information, just like applying for an apartment. Then, on the back, I ask them to provide copies to support what's on the front. Things like paycheck stubs, IDs, W-2s, and copies of social security cards for all adults are all standard items that I ask for. The park will ask for the same items for their application as well. Now, if this is an issue for people or if they say they have to go back and look for these items, then I don't take these people seriously. Those who really want the home will do what it takes to get approved. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Once you're done with the open house, be sure to do a once-over sweep before you lock up. There may still be people in the home or children hiding. I kid you not. You just never know. Now, as a side note, 
Be careful of individuals who come to the home and then just hang around, but want to talk to you afterwards. As I continue to do my open houses, I notice this more and more. Usually, these people are suspicious characters who may have heard about the home from other friends or family members. And to me, they have a motive. Some examples of these people have been asking me if I can lower the price or the monthly payment, or if I'd consider not taking a move-in fee or having that paid over a series of months, which I don't. People have to pay this fee in order to move in. It's part of my paperwork when I do my lease with option to purchase for these homes. Now, I won't talk about this right now, as it's a lot to cover, but I may do an episode on it down the road, so stay tuned. Whatever the motive, just be very cautious with these types of people. They're not serious buyers or renters. They just want to trick you or ask you to do something that you don't want to do or have to do for that matter. Now, if you're caught in a loop with them, just be polite about it. If I sense danger, I always tell them the park manager or the police continue to monitor the home. That is why I have monitoring signs up around the home as well. Now, I'll talk about safety issues in another episode down the road, as there's also a lot to cover on this topic. Now, for me personally, and as a woman, usually my husband attends the open houses. He's usually out on the porch and can monitor for suspicious characters. So, if you're not sure if you want to have these yourself, you can always ask a family member or a friend to go with you. Or the park manager or their assistant, if you have your open houses when the park is opened. I've found in the past that this is the most exciting part of working with me for the park managers. To see the homes that I have on the market after I fix them up. Many park managers always tell me to just let them know if I'd like them to accompany me during my open houses if I need to, just to be safe. They never have an issue with this, and they get excited when I tell them about the homes 
that I have on the market. So there you have it. My take on how to screen buyers and renters for your mobile home investing business during your open houses. And what types of things to look out for when you're actually meeting and talking to people, which is the second part in the series. Next week, I'll talk about the rest of the process when you go over the applications that you receive and how to select applicants with the buyers and renters who attend your open houses. As mentioned before, I want to stress the importance of working with serious buyers or renters only. You don't want to spend your time with looky-loos, a.k.a. those who don't even know what they want. And this counts for the open houses that you hold. There may be people there who just pop in because they just happened to drive by the home and heard about the open house. Or someone may have told them, either a friend or a family member, living in the park. Or even yet, and I always get this, a neighbor comes in and is just curious about the home and they just want to look inside. And I will tell you, those who are interested will come themselves, not rely on a friend or a family member to come look for them and take pictures. So going in, you really need to focus and be aware of the types of people that you're dealing with when you meet them and talk with them at these open houses. Spend your time with serious buyers and renters. Be polite and cordial to others, but focus your time and your efforts on those who actually want to buy or rent. And if you need help in this area, definitely let me know. I do offer mentoring to those who need it. I'll put a link here with more info in the show notes if you're interested. So what did you think? Did this episode help you? As a mobile home investor? I hope so. If you've enjoyed the show and find value with it, please consider supporting the show. I've enjoyed this podcasting journey so far, and it's something that I've always wanted to do. I'll include a link in the show notes on how you can support me if you'd like to check it out. For more information on this episode, Check out the show notes where I link up some of the resources mentioned here. You can find it at 
adventuresinmobilehomes.com slash 28. And that is the number 28. Again, www.adventuresinmobilehomes.com slash 28. And if you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to share it with family and friends. And be sure to subscribe. If you have some time, I'd love to hear your feedback through a short Apple podcast review. Until next time, this is Rachel Hernandez, a.k.a. Mobile Home Girl of the Adventures of Mobile Homes podcast, signing off. Thanks for listening.